Welcome to this new Nutrition Business Podcast. My name is Julian Mellenton, and today I will be talking about Beyond Meat, the Californian-based meat substitute maker that set out to disrupt, in their words, the meat industry and replace people's meat consumption with plant-based meat substitutes. Things have turned out really quite badly for Beyond Meat, and far from being the disruptor, it's the one that's been disrupted. Beyond Meat, the Californian-based meat substitute maker, which raised investment of over a billion dollars, and whose CEO boasted of his plan to get consumers to switch away from meat, has reported falling retail sales in the key US market and soaring losses. And it's not alone. The entire meat substitute category in the US, the most important one in the world, is in trouble. Now, let's be clear. Plant proteins have a good future as an ingredient in bakery and snacks, in dairy alternatives, and lots of other categories. Plant proteins from faba beans, chickpeas, lentils, anything else you can think of. What a great addition to the human diet. For companies and for farmers, they're a major growth opportunity. But companies looking to sell products based on plant proteins need to choose their strategy very carefully. And of all the strategy choices, it's the meat substitute category, which has the biggest problem. And I want to be very specific here. We're talking about plant-based burgers and sausages, things which stand as a direct replacement for the meat alternative. The current generation of meat substitutes was basically rushed to market too early, before the new product development had been completed, which would make them appeal to consumers. The eagerness of the investors to start to get a return on their investment before they'd figured out how to make them taste good has got in the way of them being a success. Now, the meat substitute category does have a future, but that'll only happen when ingredient suppliers, product developers and the like, they've done another three to five years more research and development to figure out how to deliver products that actually meet human beings' expectations of good taste, good texture, and a reasonably short ingredient list, unlike the 20-something ingredients that most of them have today. Beyond Meat's 2021 financial performance was even worse than we forecast, we who have never been positive about its obviously flawed strategy, saying since 2017 that investors were going to be disappointed. Back then, in August 2017, we wrote, quote, in today's increasingly fragmented market, there's a niche for everything. And this burger will undoubtedly make a niche for itself. But we think it will be a smaller niche than its backers may be hoping for. Now, we thought that Beyond Meat would have sales in 2021 of around 500 million and would make a loss. Yeah, of course, it makes a loss. It's never made a profit. Would make a loss of $80 million. In fact, we were much too optimistic. Sales were 464 million. Well, that's an impressive. 14% increase over the year before, but less than we pessimists thought. But the company's losses were 179 million. That's a 240% worsening of its losses in 21 compared to 20. So to put that in simple terms, in 2021, sales increased by 14%, that's one four, losses increased 240%. So it isn't too surprising that when you look more closely at the financials, you'll see that every dollar of product that Beyond Meat sells 
costs it $1.38 to make. In 2020, by comparison, every dollar of product it sold cost $1.25 to produce. So this is a company that's getting really good at making things even more expensively than it was doing before. And that's not the only problem. The company's gross margin fell in 2021. And for those of you who are not familiar with the term, the gross margin is in very simple terms. When you take the selling price and you take off the costs of the ingredients, you know, the raw materials you have to buy to make the product, and then it's what's left over after that to cover your overheads, your selling costs, and hopefully have a tiny profit at the end. Beyond Meat's gross margin in 2021 fell to 25% from 30% the year before. So 25% is pretty livable within the food industry. It's a very low profit business. So that's the best you can hope for. But there are two big red flags. The first of which is that the company's gross margin actually collapsed in the last quarter of 2021 to just 14%. That is a really bad sign. That shows that the raw material costs have increased, which is true across the food industry, but not in many companies have they increased quite as much as that. In my experience, when you run a business for somebody else, if your gross margin falls from 25% to 14%, it's conventional that the CEO is sacked on the spot and someone else is put in who can do a good job. Hasn't happened yet for Beyond Meat. Maybe it will. And then the other big red flag, well, sales of its products in US supermarkets actually fell by 19.5% in the last three months of 2021. They are now lower than they were before the pandemic. Now, neither of these figures is what you'd expect from a company, which is always alleged to be a disruptive innovator operating in a high growth category. Now, some of you will be saying to yourselves, oh, well, surely because of COVID, sales of lots of things have gone down. Absolutely not. Sales of animal protein have continued to increase while sales of plant-based substitutes have continued to decline. Now, in fairness to Beyond Meat, their international business had a big jump in sales from $81 million to $144 million. Well done. But frankly, that's as good as useless if the core US market is collapsing, which is what it seems to be. Now, this isn't just a story of Beyond Meat failing. The whole overhyped plant-based meat alternative category actually started to decline in 2021, even as sales of meat, beef, lamb, pork, continue to increase. So the best way to measure this is by using actual supermarket sales data. And that's collected by a US company called IRI, based in Chicago. So they, they collect what goes through the tills. They do that on behalf of the, the supermarkets. Their data, along with that from Nielsen, uh, another company in that field, is the only really reliable source that you can look, look to. If you see it coming from a PR agency or from a company, you've got to be a bit suspicious of it. So the supermarket sales data shows that the US meat substitute sector started to decline in August 2020. There was a little bit of an upswing earlier this year, but not very much. And not only did Beyond Meat experience a sharp downturn in its business, but so did most of its competitors. Now, one of them, interestingly, is a meat company, um, a Canadian group called Maple Leaf Foods. And seeing that the plant-based substitute sector was emerging and growing, they started alongside their business selling beef and lamb, a business selling plant-based meat substitutes. And in the US, they sell a brand called Light Life, and they've invested very heavily in growing their business. However, Maple Leaf has said that it's completed consumer research that shows that people 
are not making repeat purchases because the products are not meeting expectations. Maple Leaf actually said in a media interview that consumers view plant-based meats as, quote, an expensive novelty, leading to high trial rates, but low repeat purchases. So people try them out the first time, but they don't go back and buy them again because they're just not good enough. Maple Leaf thinks that retail sales of plant-based meat grew only 1% across the whole of last year. And that actually ties up with what IRI has said from the supermarket sales data. So Maple Leaf has also said that its plant substitutes, a meat substitutes group has not done very well. Sales were down 10% and it made a loss. And the company said they tried to figure out how to get it to be profitable, maybe by 2024. By contrast, Maple Leaf's meat protein business which is $3.4 billion of sales, grew by 8% and made a profit of 12%. So this is giving a pretty clear idea of what it is that consumers still prefer. Now, the plant-based meat substitute makers have long forecast that their category will hit a tipping point. But it just looks like that tipping point may be going in the opposite direction to the one they thought it would. Beyond meat, the biggest and best-known name in the meat substitutes category is steadily steaming towards being a financial failure, as its published results clearly show. It's also becoming a failure by its own criteria. Now, I was took part in a, a panel discussion with a, a US organization a few weeks back in which a consultant from Ernst & Young defended Beyond Meat's poor performance by saying that under new business models, profits don't matter. Quite a remarkable thing for someone to say. You'd have to be a consultant to say that because anyone who's actually run a business knows only too well, but sadly they do. You have to make a profit sooner or later or you can't pay your staff or your suppliers or do any of the other wonderful things you want to do with your business. Having a purpose is pointless if your purpose can't also make a tiny profit. So let's look at the purpose part. You may say to yourself, well, surely they're trying to produce something that's more sustainable and saving the planet. There's a little problem with that. According to the New York Times, no, they're not. In October 2021, the New York Times reported that, quote, one investor tracking firm gives Beyond Meat a zero when it comes to sustainability measures. Another rates it a severe risk. Putting it on a par with giant meat processes like JBS in Brazil. So even by Beyond Meat's own declared goal of delivering products that are more sustainable, apparently, they're not able to provide enough information to satisfy the sustainability-oriented investors who want to invest in businesses such as this and track their performance. And that's not all. Beyond Meat's other self-defined success factors included being a mass market brand and selling a product equal to the animal meat it's imitating, which it aims to disrupt. Well, you've already heard they've failed on the second one because consumers are turning away because it doesn't equal animal meat. So what about being a mass market brand? Well, they have 20% of a niche that accounts for maybe 1.5% of total animal protein sales in the US. So they haven't really performed on that standard either. Now, all these criteria are found in Beyond Meat's PR campaign, which has been going on pretty vigorously for about five years. You'll find it in pitches to investors, presentations to retailers, all the data is there in hundreds of PowerPoint slides and media reports. Anything that falls short on sustainability, disrupting meat, being a mass market brand, being equivalent to meat, well, that's essentially a failure by Beyond's own criteria. Now, there are some people who defend Beyond Meat, 
Um, and what some of them do is they cite a thing called the Gartner hype cycle. This is something that's much beloved of um, university academics, and it's a model that was created to describe the progress of new technologies. The idea being that if you come along with a new technology, there's an initial burst of enthusiasm, and then there's a kind of settling down period in which the, perhaps the technology doesn't perform quite as well as, as the customers hoped, and then there's a bit of a rethink, and then it moves on. The fact that anyone's applying this hype cycle model to Beyond Meat or the plant substitute business doesn't reflect well on the people doing it. They say that Beyond isn't something called the trough of disillusionment. That's the disappointing bit after it initially hasn't gone well. Unfortunately, plant-based meat substitutes are not a new technology, nor are they a new category. They've actually been around since the 1970s. And the biggest brand in the US market is still Morningstar, launched in 1974 and owned by Kellogg. And despite its ancient technology, it's still bigger than Beyond Meat, and it actually makes a bit of a profit. The technology of Beyond Meat, and lots of companies like it, is actually very little different from the 30-year-old technologies used by all its competitors. This is no new technology, it's old technology, dressed up with marketing and a strong appeal to investors who have no understanding of the technology, no understanding of food science, no understanding of the consumer market, and as so many investors have been for the past 10 years, are awash with more cash than they knew how to invest. Now, Beyond Meat's not going to disappear. They have $730 million in cash, though they also have debt of $1.1 billion, by the way. Now, its cash outflow in 2021 was $300 million. That's compared to $557 million the year before. So the company is growing, but currently it's using its cash to fund unprofitable growth. Remember, for every dollar it sells, it costs $1.38 to make it. Ultimately, Beyond's shareholders will probably only get a return on their investment by eliminating the leadership that has taken Beyond Meat to the state it is in now, slashing the company's high overheads and focusing on profitability. And with $460 million in sales, it should be possible to make a modest profit. They should forget the dreams of disruption. They should Forget the dream of going for double-digit annual sales growth. If they're still trundling along like this in two to three years and the money runs out, they're going to have to do that anyway. So it would be a great idea just to get on and do it now. Throw away the fantasy. Engage with reality. Think about making products that people want to eat and how to make you know, maybe 1% or 2% profit on it. Plant proteins in general have a good future. They're an important part of the human diet. They will become so. But businesses like Beyond Meat exist because they appealed to Silicon Valley and billionaire investors who have a fantasy of destroying animal agriculture, who didn't realize that you can't do it easily with plant proteins with the current type of technology, who didn't realize that you actually have to make them taste good for people to want to switch to them, whose enormous financial resources belie the fact that while they may understand investing in tech or some other area, they have no knowledge or understanding whatsoever of food and agriculture. What we're probably going to witness with Beyond Meat is going to be up there in the list of top 10 greatest disasters and failures of the food industry. It's been quite visible to those of us who have run businesses and have experience of the food industry for about four or five years. Beyond Meat is quite possibly going to turn out to be one of the biggest failures in food industry history. 
Thank you all for listening to this podcast. You can find out lots more about our business and the fantastic information we provide on our website, which is www.new-nutrition.com. I hope you all have a lovely day.